what are you learning about who you are in each phase and what is your body trying to share with you and then what can we do to tend to our bodies well in each of those phases Hi friend, welcome to Gather and Growth, a show created for passionate, growth-focused rural women like you. From mindset work and building strong habits to exploring the unique joys and challenges of living rural, this is a show to leave you feeling joyful, inspired, and a little less alone. Together, we're on a journey of reaching for the most confident, healthy, and authentic version of ourselves, and I'm forever grateful to have you by my side. Whether you're currently running on a back road, shuffling kids to town, hopping along for a tractor ride, or three loads deep into folding laundry, grab yourself a nice coffee and let's dive in. All right, friends, welcome back to Gathering Growth. Today, I'm joined by my friend, Jada, who I think we got connected to through Jade. Is that? Yeah. I feel like we know a lot of mutual people, but she and I connected last fall just in the shared passion for bringing information to women, especially women in rural communities and helping women deeply understand and know themselves and heal and grow and thrive and all of the things. So we're going to hop into this conversation and see where it leads. I think we could probably talk for hours, so maybe we'll call this part one, but (laughs) Jada, welcome to Gather and Grow. Thank you so much for having me. It's so cool to be here. Absolutely. So for someone who's just getting to know you and the work that you do for the first time, would you just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to today? Yeah. So I am Jada Dobash. I'm in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, but I grew up in Northeast South Dakota in a town called Rosselt. We have 408 people there. And so grew up in a, a really small community, came to Sioux Falls, really hell-bent on being a family and marriage therapist and went to USF. And my first week there, God was like, actually, that's fine, but also youth ministry, okay? Mm -hmm. And so I became a youth pastor and did that for four years and love, love, loved it. But my favorite part of it was when moms would come in to my office during the week and kind of unload their life on me. That's really when I felt lit up. I love so much about that. And gosh, there's just so many different directions I would love to go. But I want to jump in on this concept of even at the most basic level, understanding our cycle. Because, and I think I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast in the past, that is information I did not even know existed until I had already birthed my second child. Yep. Like I had heard people talk about ovulation, but I thought that was just a thing that you cared about if you were like trying to get pregnant and both times I got pregnant, it was welcome, but not planned. And so, and it infuriated me the first time I heard it on a podcast that I'm like, this is existing in my own body that I have lived in my whole life. And this is the first time at 30 something years old that I'm receiving this information. So please. If someone is listening to this for the first time and they're like, what? (laughs) Tell us what we need to know about understanding ourselves and our cycles. Okay. So the first thing you need to know is your circadian rhythm, that idea of there's a time for you to wake up and a time for you to go to sleep and your digestion plays a role in that. We follow the sun, all of that. That is one piece of the puzzle. And we have been taught that's the rhythm of life, Mm -hmm. right? 
And the truth of the matter is, once you start bleeding, you have a second clock that starts running, right? We hear about our clock. Our clock is running out, right? Mm -hmm. Our clock is ticking. Those kinds of things in terms of like when to have babies. But we've never talked about it. And this is actually super infuriating to me. And I just low grade feel rage. Anytime I am typing something about your infradian rhythm, it marks it at the little red squiggly line. It's not a word. And it is literally a rhythm of our bodies. Mm. Nowhere accepts it as a real word. So you have a circadian rhythm. That's the sun. Your infradian rhythm is the moon. And this is our feminine energy, but this is also our reproductive system and the way that our body is set up to make and have babies. There are four phases to your cycle. That might sound familiar because it mirrors everything, right? There are four seasons in a year. There are four phases of the moon, four main phases of the moon. We are experiencing all of this, right? There are also sort of four phases of womanhood. And we have the maiden, we have the enchantress, and we have the mother, and then we have the wise woman or the crone right? Mm -hmm. And so we go through these life stages, right? They all mirror what's happening in your body. And so those four phases are incredibly important. Basically, we were raised to believe that we either were bleeding or not bleeding, Mm -hmm. right? You could either get pregnant or not get pregnant. And none of us actually knew when you could get pregnant also, Mm -hmm. right? The question, can you get pregnant on your period? Mm -hmm. Right? And that's just something we're like, "Eh, I don't know. We had no idea, right? And we can blame a lot of things, but throughout history, we've taken out more and more information about women's bodies from textbooks. Mm -hmm. We have ignored more and more of it, simplified more and more of it. And so even our, you know, those uncomfortable body talk classes we had to have where a nurse would come in and in fifth grade, they tell you to wear deodorant and you might get your period soon and talk about shaving, right? And then in seventh grade, we talk about a period and there would be a video about how to use and dispose of a pad. And then in ninth grade, we would get the sex talk and that was that actually, if you're in South Dakota, I'm not sure about other states, but it is a law in South Dakota that schools can only teach sex education with abstinence. Mm -hmm. It's an abstinence-only education. So everything was, don't have sex. If you do, you'll get an STD. Mm -hmm. And also, here are some condoms, but don't have sex. Right. What's the mean girl's quote? Like, don't have sex or you'll die or something like that. You will get pregnant and you will die. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Seriously. Which is like... I mean, this is a whole other conversation is proved to be like the least effective way to have this conversation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I also in college wrote a paper about how something like only 14% of teenage boys get the sex talk from their parents, but we're here to talk about cycles. So (laughs) I'm going to focus. So (laughs) you have part two, we rant about the paper. We have four phases of our cycle. The beginning of your cycle is actually the follicular phase, but we usually start with your menstrual phase or your bleed because doctors don't trust us to pay attention to any of the other phases, right? So when you go to the doctor, they say, when was the first day of your last period? 
and we're counting that as day one of your cycle. It's actually the first day of the last phase of your cycle, but I digress. So um, save that for part two. Save that for two. But I will talk about the follicular phase first because it mirrors spring, right? And so this is the young maiden. We're flirty, we're follicular, we're free. We've got just a anything can happen mindset, right? During our follicular phase. It lasts seven to nine days. It mirrors the waxing crescent moon if you are, oh, here's my disclaimer. This still applies to you if you're a woman, whether you're pregnant or nursing, if you are on hormonal birth control and you don't get a period, if you are missing some organs, any of those circumstances, we just want to follow the moon. And so the moon is in its follicular phase during the waxing crescent moon. It lasts seven to 10 days, which is a really good amount of time. We feel good about that. This is a lot of people's favorite phase of their cycle. This is when possibilities are endless. Your energy is up. Your, your, everything is coming up after the winter, right? After the period. So lots of good things are happening. You might, if you're prone to anxiety, not love this phase as much because the energy can be overwhelming. So we really want to take care of our bodies by not over-caffeinating during this phase because it will give you the anxiety, like that that audio clip about like best I can do is anxiety, <laughs> um, or maybe it's a meme, whatever. You're going to be more prone to getting anxiety from caffeine during this phase. So when you're in the follicular phase, we are prepping the body to have a good rest of the month. So this is a really great time to take care of your skin and your tummy. So trade your coffee for a probiotic. Drink a poppy or a olipop or have a kombucha right? We want fermented foods, all of those things that's really going to set your body up for success later, okay? Then during ovulation, this is three to five days. It mirrors the full moon and it mirrors summer, right? During this phase, you are hot to trot. You want a baby, even if you don't want a baby. Your body wants a baby, okay? Mm -hmm. And so we are doing everything possible for that. But we're feeling good in our bodies. We're feeling confident. You're feeling very charismatic. You've got kind of a magnetism to you during this phase, right? This is the best time to be social. It's the best time to network. It's the best time to go to family gatherings. You're going to be so tolerant of everybody's stuff, right? Like this is your time to shine. It's only three to five days, right? We soak up all of summer because we know how fleeting it is, right? During this phase, you can have, if, if things aren't going the best that they can, your body's going to communicate to you in certain ways. So you might experience ovulation cramping. You might experience bloating or some sort of abdominal discomfort. You might experience breast tenderness. You might experience headaches. All of those things are common during the ovulation phase. And they're all so much more than a symptom. They're your body communicating with you. Hey, something's a little bit off. We'd love to fix it. Okay. Mm. So what could that look like? Yeah. In terms of fixing it, yeah, or like what it's yeah. communicating. What we're communicating is that something is off hormonally, 
and our hormones are a symptom, not a problem, right? And so we'd want to look into how your levels are going up and down. Is your estrogen ramping up too fast, right? Everything peaks during ovulation. If it's coming too fast, then we need to make sure that we're eliminating estrogen really well during the luteal and menstrual phases. That means making sure we're not constipated, making sure our liver is happy, making sure that like checking the color of your bleed has a huge impact, those kinds of things. So what we want to do is notice the symptom and then we can look into what the symptom is communicating. But this phase is when you can tolerate everything the best. That means that if you're going to drink, this is a great time for your body to do it. If you're going to do a lot of caffeine, this is the time your body is capable of handling it. This is also the time to do the really intense hard workouts. We are not made as women to work out really hard at 4.30 every morning. We're not. I'm so sorry to disappoint you. That's not how our bodies love to run. Mm -hmm. But... There are three to five days a month where that feels absolutely kick butt Mm -hmm. if your hormones are in balance. Right. So then moving out of ovulation, you move into luteal. This is your longest phase. It's going to be 10 to 14 days. That can feel like an eternity. It's okay. (laughs) This is a lot of people's least favorite phase. It's my personal favorite. It mirrors autumn and it also mirrors the wax or the waning moon, excuse me. And then it it is the mother, if we're looking at the different types of women. This is a very nurturing phase. It feels a lot like the nesting phase in pregnancy. It feels like a time to finish up tasks. That first half, you feel like such a go-getter and your focus is better than it is the rest of the month. So This is a really great time if you have a lot of back-end computer work or if you've got to get the house cleaned, deep cleaned, you've got to finish a project that's been sitting around, this is the time because you're ready to rock. The energy is still pretty high from ovulation, but the focus is better, right? Mm -hmm. Then you move into that second half of this phase and you turn really inward. You would like to be alone, please, and thank you. Mm. This is a time where you are reflecting. You're noticing things about yourself, but you're also noticing the things that you can no longer tolerate in your life. And we have labeled this PMS mm-hmm. and made it a woman's problem, mm. right? So this is not you just PMSing. This is not you being crabby. This is not you needing to adjust your attitude. This is, oh, this isn't actually serving us really well. The first half of the cycle, you actually will tolerate so much more than you should because, again, your body's trying to get you pregnant. Mm -hmm. So if you're mad at your spouse about his socks being on the floor, leaving towels around, those kinds of things, you might not get pregnant because you're fighting. So we're going to not care because it's summer and we feel good. We're just trying to have a baby, right? But then you move in to the luteal phase and you're like, actually... I would love it if we didn't do that anymore. Yeah. Then we move into also a note about PMS. PMS is the umbrella term we use for every symptom that we can't explain. And we use it as a dismissal. Oh, it's just PMS. 
And so we want to be really cautious and, and protective of what our body's communicating to us in that time. Are you experiencing acne? That means that we're not draining things the way we need to. Are you experiencing bloating? We're not draining things the way we need to, right? We need to let some things out. And often that's not a bodily problem. That's an emotional problem. Mm. So this is the time to let yourself be angry right? And use a healthy modality to express that anger, to express that sadness, that frustration, that jealousy, get it out. Mm-hmm. And then your body can continue to do what it needs to do. So what could that look like for someone yeah. experimenting with this for the first time? What are some of those healthy ways to feel and release those feelings? I love to throw pillows. I love to slam pillows down on the ground as hard as I can, pick them up, throw them again. Okay, and I've had clients break zippers off of my pillows in my office because we've been throwing pillows so hard. It's really healthy and it pushes that out. Anger is a movement emotion. We have to move to get it out, Mm -hmm. right? But we don't want to exhaust ourselves to do it. That luteal phase, we are also storing up for the winter. So we don't want to overexert ourselves. So we can have a dance party that lasts the length of one T-Swift song. We can throw (laughs) pillows, right? We can journal for a few minutes and just dump out everything that we're feeling. Those are all really healthy ways to move anger out of the body without, you know, running for five miles and tiring yourself out. Because when you're tired, when you're luteal, you're going to get crabby. It's not actually going to completely get rid of the anger, right? So we want to release that anger pretty efficiently. And so I love to throw pillows. That's always where I have people start because shaking or a dance party often will make us uncomfortable. Throwing pillows is also extremely quiet And we often, when we are stay-at-home moms or we're home with the kids, that's usually when we're mad. We want to not make them think we're mad, right? Because heaven forbid our kids know we're ticked off. Mm -hmm. And so throwing pillows is something you can do in your room without anybody really knowing. And so it's a really safe option. But it's also something you can teach your kids how to do because it doesn't hurt anybody, right? Cool. I love that you bring up just like that movement of energy. That's something we've been, I've even just been experimenting with my own kids is like when they feel feelings, I want them to feel them and move through them instead Mm -hmm. of learning to repress them in the same way that I did. Mm -hmm. And I know that sometimes, especially before bedtime, if they're just like off the chain, like a lot of times it's, you know, Andrew roughhousing with them on the floor or like playfully throwing them on the bed and things like that. And so the more I understand that with my kids, I'm like, why don't we as adults like give ourselves the permission to need the same things that we empower our kids to be able to need? Exactly. And my therapist once said to me, Jada, you have to let out your anger. Go get in the car, drive and scream because Mm -hmm. at the end of it, it's funny. It's funny to be angry. You're taking yourself so seriously. But if you just slam some pillows down in your rage, you're going to end up on the other side of that kind of laughing about how silly it is. Yeah. And it's so healthy for your kids to see that, but you're absolutely right. We have to parent ourselves here and Mm -hmm. model that that's okay. And so it will probably take a few times of feeling silly and uncomfortable and not letting yourself fully do it because it feels wrong. Right. Yes. That's another tangent we could go down, but let's continue with the phases and then revisit. (laughs) Yes. Last phase is your menstrual cycle. This is the one we know 
This is your period. This is what you don't know, though. If you spot before your first heavy bleed day, like your full bleed, those days don't count as your menstrual cycle, Hmm. okay? Your bleed starts on the first heavy day, like first full day of bleeding, okay? And it goes until the blood stops. If you're spotting beforehand, that's actually communicating to us that we either have too much estrogen or not enough progesterone. Mm -hmm. So we want to be paying attention to that. But your menstrual phase mirrors winter. It mirrors the wise woman. It mirrors the new moon. And this is a Mm -hmm. time to stop doing stuff. This Mm -hmm. is the time to reflect and consider, do I love my life? What do I not love? What do I feel needs to change? And you are actually thinking your most clearly during your bleed. Mm. It's a lie we've been told that we're on our period, so we're irrational, right? The white stuff that connects your right and left brain is called the corpus callosum. It expands during Mm. the menstrual phase. That means that your uh, body mind and your thinking mind are communicating with each other the best during your period. So everything you're feeling during your period is something your body and your mind know and agree on. It's time to take that information and figure out what to do with it. So we really want to, first of all, give the space for that. If you are go, go, go and exhausted because you're bleeding a lot, you're not going to have the time to reflect. And so we want to slow down enough, at least during those heavy bleed days, right? Mm -hmm. We were taught that like, there's a problem if you have to take a day off of work or a day off of school because of your bleed. No, there's a problem with the idea that we don't take Mm -hmm. time for our body to do an incredibly important thing. Right. So taking that time, be rebellious. Like this is sacred rebellion to say, no, I won't work out during my period. It's actually like that hit workout will not serve me at this time. I'm going to go for a walk or I'm going to do yoga on my bed. And I'm just pretty much going to be in child's pose. Like that's great. That's good. (laughs) That's what our bodies need during that time. And our symptoms are trying to tell us that. The heavier your period is, the stronger your body is saying, could you please not? Yeah. I think what is so fascinating to me that's even come up just in this conversation is once you start understanding this and taking it apart, it starts to like have these red flags or warning signs for so many other things yes. that we collectively don't pay attention to. Yes. What have been some of those things that you have discovered along the way that mm. I guess you didn't know before and now you feel so passionately about? Yeah. Ugh. I think the biggest thing for me was realizing that my symptoms are my body's way of communicating with me. It's not an indication that there's something wrong with me and it's not a problem to solve so I can get back to my life. It's my body saying, hey, this actually doesn't work. Let's try it a different way. Mm-hmm. And then that has shown me how clearly our world is not set up for a woman. Mm-hmm. It's just not. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that in a down with the patriarchy kind of way. Mm-hmm. I just mean, wow, we have no regard for a woman's body, a woman's psyche, a woman's needs. Mm -hmm. We have no regard. Push through, be more like a man. Yeah, you can do anything you want to do, but why? Yeah. 
And that has been so freeing for me. Some of the ways that have been the most helpful for me are actually in motherhood. Mm -hmm. I felt like if I didn't feel like doing bedtime, I was a bad mom. Or if I was short with my kids one day, I was a bad mom. And when I learned about my cycle, I was my first learning came from the book Woman Code by Alyssa Vitti. She's fantastic. The book is fantastic. Very helpful. But she has a little section about like how to parent in alignment with your cycle. And like she just gave so much permission that I needed to like, hey, dad can have bedtime when you're in your luteal phase and you're not in the mood. And what I have found is I, so I've been doing that for three years now. There are nights where I'm, I don't have it. I don't have the capacity to be patient with bedtime. I don't have the capacity. And as I have healed my cycle, I actually have moved into the more healthy side of the luteal phase where I just want to snuggle. And so now I do want to do bedtime during the luteal phase. It's because I want those snuggles. And so we prioritize the snuggles during bedtime that night, right? Like I'll linger. I'm not in a rush to get you to sleep. Let's snuggle. Let's talk about your day. And let me lean into that mother space. Mm -hmm. But I was not able to do that until I took care of myself and my symptoms of Mm -hmm. PMS, of rage during that phase, of feeling so out of control and out of my body, all of the bloating, all of the cramping, the acne, like all of that as I worked on listening and giving my body what it needed, now my body doesn't betray me and I get to be the mom I want to be. Well, and I think in so many ways, our bodies have never betrayed us. We have just continuously been taught to betray them. Yes. And blame them right? Mm -hmm. It is their fault. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what do we do with this information as mothers or teachers of the next generation? Like how do we rewrite the narrative around womanhood and understanding and loving and knowing and trusting ourselves? Yes. I think it's a baby steps thing. Like, can you just find yourself worthy enough to pay attention to where you're at in your cycle every day? Can you just pay attention to what's going on? Now, can you track some symptoms and see what's going on in each phase? What are you learning about who you are in each phase? And what is your body trying to share with you? And then what can we do to tend to our bodies well in each of those phases? How do you coach your clients through doing that for the first time? So if somebody's in my office, we'll... I'm very hands-on. I would love to just hold your hand through everything, right? So if you're in my office, I will, like, we'll get out a a planner, a calendar. We will find where your last period was. We will map out the cycle. Then I'll end and I'll say, okay, these are the things you're going to focus on. One of the easiest things you can do to start paying attention to your cycle is have I, I love a treat, right? And I love a liquid treat. I love a I love a drink, right? So you can have treats for your cycle, right? Mm-hmm. So I am going to treat myself to my favorite latte during my ovulation phase because I can tolerate the caffeine then and that's good for me and I'm paying attention to me, right? But during my luteal phase, I really need to be supporting my digestion. I need to be tending to myself emotionally. We want to be making sure that 
we're eliminating estrogen in all three pathways of elimination. So I might drink a detox tea or a peppermint tea, or I might make some pumpkin muffins with some chocolate. Pumpkin is so great for helping you eliminate estrogen. So that's a way that I can treat myself during the luteal phase. During my menstrual phase, I love a decaf latte. I still get the warm, yummy goodness, but I'm not giving my body something it really doesn't need with the caffeine. And during my follicular phase, I love um, I love to have a kombucha or a poppy or whatever. I know another thing that you've been talking about on social media is this concept around the divine feminine, which I feel very much is an extension of this. I imagine like one thing leads to another kind of thing. Can you just speak to your beliefs around that or what it is and how we tap into it? Yes, absolutely. So first of all, everybody listening to this, take a deep breath, look all the way behind you in both directions and see that there are no bears chasing you because we have been taught to uphold the patriarchy and we have been taught that that this is an unsafe topic. Mm-hmm. Right? So breathe, nobody's being threatened here. But the feminine energy has been severely diminished in our culture. And I mean the healthy kind of it, right? Like the the divinely good feminine, we have an overabundance of the unhealthy wounded feminine, but not enough nurturance toward the divine feminine. And so we have been taught, you know, think about high school, think about the way that we were taught to give speeches, think about the things that we were told to put on our resume, think about the things that people looked for in a job interview. They're all very masculine traits leadership, authority, task-oriented, logical, go-getter, aggressive, assertive, right? Like there's just the the push of the masculine is what we were taught will make us successful, will make us good people, right? And we missed out on the gentleness, the slowness, the openness of the feminine. Creativity was kind of taught out of us, right? We stopped tolerating creativity in seventh grade. We were done with art class. That's it. We didn't do art projects and crafts anymore. We were taught that our creativity is a fun hobby, but not something that benefits the world. Or is in order to be useful, to be monetized. Yes, yes. And so the creativity, the relationship-oriented, tend and befriend, the nurturing, leaning back to be open and expansive, intuition, all of that is divinely feminine. And so as I have learned more and more about my cycle, I have found myself naturally leading more towards that. And you have to because the resistance with, you know, I'm about to teach a class on working in alignment with your cycle, right? And for you to take a whole week off of work every month for your period sounds absolutely asinine. There's no way you're doing that. Are you kidding me? How will I make any money? Mm -hmm. Well, we fundamentally believe that you have 24 hours to be a success every day. And to be in your divine feminine means that you see the whole picture and you see that there's plenty of time to get everything done that needs doing. And you see how what you're doing nurtures others and benefits everybody and is supportive. And you're open and receptive to 
receiving help, support, encouragement, friendship, but something we have to say no to when we are trapped in our masculine. Mm-hmm. And we need both. That's such an important piece. All of us need both. But which one is imbalanced in your life? Are you able to give more space to the divine feminine? So for someone wanting to tap into that, mm-hmm. where do we begin? Receiving. Oh my gosh, receiving. If you can, okay, we're, we're going to do a little thing. Are you ready? I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Okay, perfect. This is called the hello exercise. It helps you to learn what it feels like to receive right? This is receiving everything from a compliment to help, like Mm -hmm. genuine help, right? So what we're going to do is we're just going to say hello to each other over and over again, okay? But what I want you to do, I'll start. I want you to let my hello land in your body and then let your own hello rise up from within and be patient. Let it come out naturally. Our tendency is going to say hello back as fast as possible, right? But this isn't a game of ping pong. This Mm. is a game of receiving. Okay? Mm. I love this. Okay. So, ready? Mm -hmm. Hello. 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 Of course, in the middle of that, I got a text message. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I want to receive it again. Okay. Hello. 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 I feel like I should be changing my tone of voice. No. What (laughs) can I tell you what I saw? Oh, yeah. The first however many times. It wasn't until this last hello. Did you receive it with your eyes open? Hmm. Interesting. I watched you kind of reject it with your eyes. I was trying to feel. I was trying to let myself like be present and feel. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. How did it what did you what did you experience? Like this inner dialogue of like, how long am I supposed to wait before I say something back? Like yeah. I felt it and I received it and I want to, I want to, I don't want to be rude and like yeah. not respond fast enough. Yeah. Like I'm excited. I want to have this conversation. Like, yeah. a, like, hello, Enneagram three. I don't want to do it wrong. Of course not. But Jada, there isn't a way to receive wrong. I want Jada to think that I know how to do this. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we do. We want that, right? We want to get an A in therapy. We want to... <laughs> Like, we all want that, right? Oh my, my goodness. Apparently that's not just women. My husband the other day was like, I think my therapist wishes that we were friends. Like he's <laughs> pretty funny. And I was like, he's doing his job then. This experience of just a greeting is so powerful. And I encourage you to do it with your spouse because it's such a good connector. How often when we in the Midwest, we say hi It's, hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Oh, I'm good, right? Like, we are so quick. We have the appropriate response ready to go, Mm -hmm. and it's automatic for us. So for you to sit there and be so aware of how it felt to take it slow, to be so concerned with how it was being perceived, right? If we weren't on a podcast, if we were just in a session, we would do this until it didn't feel like that. And it can take like 10 minutes of hello back and forth and it can get uncomfy, but somewhere in there you can realize like, oh, I'm not really receiving it. I'm just so eager to give. And that's how we've been taught to be. Well, not only that deflects, like you said, even just accepting compliments, that has been something once it was brought to my attention a couple of years ago of like actually hearing the compliment, accepting it as truth and 
responding in gratitude instead of immediately deflecting of like, they're lying, they're just being nice, they don't really think that, and I'm going to brush it off and like try to validate it in the first place. Like once I gained awareness around it, it really has taken intentionality to rewire that mindset, which is crazy. We are so out of tune and distressing of ourselves that we can't even receive when someone sees the good in us. Well, and it's so ironic because to receive is feminine, right? The feminine receives. But what have women been taught is a woman's job. It's to give, right? We give to others. We give of our time. We give of our energy. We're there for others. We lend a hand. And the aligned feminine receives all of that. We give too, of course, but it's that idea like you can't pour from an empty cup. Why are we tipping the cup over? Let my cup be full. Mm -hmm. And then whatever spills out is for everybody else. What's in the cup is mine. Yeah. And another quick, easy thing. If you have trouble receiving compliments, receiving help, open your left hand while you're doing it. Nobody has to know that's what you're doing, but we receive energy from our left side and we give from our right. And so your instinct to give or to throw it back right away, sit on that right hand, close that right hand, keep the left hand open and give yourself some time. We're not in a rush, right? You can let stuff land. It won't hurt anybody. It's not rude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think learning to be okay with the silence because so much happens in the in-between. Yes. And we rush. I mean, just a perfect example a few minutes ago, we rushed to fill it because it's like this self-preservation and yes. also this like external preservation of yes. wanting to manage everyone else's emotions yes. around the situation. Yeah. It's hard. It is. It's really hard. And recognizing too, it's the wounded feminine that's managing everybody's emotions. Mm. It's the divine feminine that holds space for everybody's emotion. I know that you are about to hop on another call in a few minutes and we have to wrap up, but I would love if you could just even start to tap into this idea of the wounded feminine. And I, I wonder if that's connected to the mother wound or if that's something totally different. Yeah, they definitely go hand in hand, but the wounded feminine is the jealousy, the gossiping, the women are not to be trusted. I just get along better with men. Girls don't like me, the insecurity, the neediness, the nagging, all of those things that we think are innately female things. Mm-hmm. Those are the wounded response of not having the space for a divine feminine to flourish. I've never heard it put that way. I feel that so deeply. Yeah. And that is something in this phase of my adulthood that I've really stepped back and questioned. Where did that come from? And why do we believe that that's the way we meant to treat each other? Because I have been proven so many times and times again over the past three or five years that that's not the way that we are meant to be or that we have to be. And it's really made me question how deeply we internalized that Mm -hmm. as teenagers or, you know, in our early 20s. Yeah. And it's so... It's so ingrained and it's so woven into the core of our being that it's a slow unlearning of that too, right? Mm -hmm. Still, if our friend doesn't text us back, even though we know she loves us and we believe that now, if she doesn't text us back right away, we're immediately insecure. Did Mm -hmm. we say something wrong? Is she mad at me? All of those things. That is the wounded feminine. And that is a mother wound. I feel... 
I think it's official. We have to have a part two because yeah. I want to dive more into this idea of the wounded feminine and the mother yeah. wounds. So we're going to get that on the books. Yeah. I love it. But until next time, yeah. please give us some information about how we can get connected to you, learn more about your work, and even get involved in some of these programs that you offer yeah. to help guide women through all of this and so much more. Yes, I've got so many great things for, you know, dipping your toe into your cycle, those kinds of things. You can find them on Instagram, Jada Dobash Healing Co. And on my website, jadadobashhealing.com. I'm literally always on Instagram, so you can always find me there. You can email me. Please don't find me on Facebook. I never check that. And then I feel really bad. Please don't find me there. It's like it exists. And then I see a message four months later and I'm like, hi, hi, sorry. Sorry. And then I get a little bit mad. Like, would you DM a man on Facebook to get a hold of him? No, you would not do that. No. Anyway, you can find me on Instagram and on my website. All of my programming is on there. I've got, I don't know when this is going to be live, but I've got a new mother wound program opening up really soon. So, so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Jada, thank you so much for your time and just the beautiful gift that you are to the world. Thank you for leaning into uncomfortable conversations and sharing them with us so that we can start considering our own. Emily, this is so great. This is such a great space. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Well, until next time. All right. We'll talk soon. Bye. Have I told you today how much I appreciate you? I'd like to imagine this was a meaningful backyard patio kind of chat between friends sipping LaCroix at sunset. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a screenshot to share or forward this episode to a friend. You can also find me at Emily Rushell over on social to continue the conversation. It's truly a joy to hear what tidbits and takeaways made an impact on your day. As always, all links and resources mentioned in today's episode can be found in the show notes listed below or over at emilyrushell.com. Special thanks to my podcast manager, Jill Carr, for the time and love she puts into producing gathering growth for this community. What a blessing it is to be on this personal growth journey together. Forever grateful for you.